this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 4, entitled Green Light. Uh, what do you think of this episode? Uh, it is a great episode of Breaking Bad. Had some funny stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, not, still not much action, but again, uh, they're, they have to take their time. This is a slight spoiler, but Walt gets back into cooking meth. What? I know. What? I know we said we'd never do that, <laughs> but uh, it, it takes, you, you know. You mean in two and a half more seasons of this show, Walt cooks another batch? He's out. It's just, it's just watching a guy, watching a, a, a nerdy middle-aged white guy blow half a million dollars in cash. Hmm. I mean. Doesn't sound like much fun. Uh, but it, it takes a while to have that, to, to get him back in. It can't just be any one reason, you know. Also, I think that. From a Villigan standpoint, from a Villa Gang standpoint, it needs to be come from a certain place too. Sure, you know, like 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 I talked about last episode, there are always obvious motivations for these characters, and they all seem to fall within their character, and it takes a while to develop that, you know. Right, but him re- getting cancer again wouldn't be a great reason to start cooking meth because we've already seen that and. And, you know, we're debating about what is the deal with Walt. Is it is this for his family? Is this a stubborn pride issue? Is yeah, there, you gotta know, get to the developing core. developing those themes of what it's like to actually turn into the bad guy, go from Mr. Chips to Scarface. I would love to know how many times <laughs> yeah. we actually said that on uh-huh. the podcast. There, there, we've got the breakfast count. We need the Chips to Scarface we do. count. We do. It's, 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 however many it is, it's two or three less than Vince Gilligan had said it in interviews. <laughs> uh, or has been have that referenced because, goddamn, uh-huh. every single interview to people, they love to bring that up. So, yeah. It's a good line. It is a good to line. To be fair. It is a good line. And it's a good uh, premise. But what did you think of the episode? I thought it was really good. I thought, you know, we had a pretty dark end to season two. I think it was nice to have a little bit of comedy come back to the show. Uh, in you know, last episode was pretty funny. There, there mm-hmm. were some moments. One of the all-time funny scenes of Breaking Bad, but mm-hmm. uh, I felt like it was more dispersed throughout this episode. Sure, with the comedy, you get Saul coming back. Yeah. Saul's always a good uh, comedy relief. Some classic character. Mike moments. Yep. Mm-hmm. We uh, start to really understand who Mike is, who Gus is a little bit more. Yeah. Um, those were all good things. Very impressed with how quickly Mike rounded into shape. Like, I had this impression yeah. of him of kind of just knocking around for a season or two, <laughs> uh-huh. being kind of, uh, you know, a background character, and then he, you know, morphs into the Mike we know. But uh, he's uh, kind of, it's all there. Seems like it. Like, the world-weary attitude, the withering one-liners, like, mm-hmm. you know, the contempt for one Walter White. It's kind of all there. <laughs> sure. Uh, are we ready to get into the recap? Yes, sir. We start up with Jesse um, filling up the RV with gas, and he goes inside the gas station, but he doesn't have the money to pay for it, and so he tries to pay with meth. 
the clerk is I, as he's kind of describing the feeling of meth and trying to sell meth to her um this state trooper walks in and jesse does not does up. doesn't phase him doesn't give a fuck no it's pretty ice impressive cold. yeah and he, so the clerk finally takes the meth and he drives off he's just ice cold period man like trying to yeah. sell meth to this clearly decent girl uh mm-hmm. you know and, and telling her oh no that's more of a media thing it's not addictive yeah um, come on it's he doesn't believe any of that pretty cringy uh to watch jason or jason jesus to watch jesse do this man yeah especially after last season and i know you know his girlfriend didn't overdose on meth but come on meth heroin are we are we really gonna quibble too much about that sure he's he's got to feel a little bit bad about what he's meth is one of the i mean there's there's a couple drugs like you know weed Weed's there are gonna, classes of drugs, right? Yeah, I mean, it it can ruin your life in the sense that you drop out of college and never get a good job. What, meth? <laughs> no, weed. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, alcohol, I mean... Alcohol, I can do the same. The same <laughs> but, but, like, you know, meth and heroin... They're mm-hmm. all kind of in their own the, their their own category of just like crocodile, whatever the Russians are shooting yeah, in their cr- toenails. Uh, that, that's that's yeah, that's the stuff that uh, uh, you know, <laughs> regardless of the illegality, you just shouldn't do it. Not even sure. once. I'm I'm with you. That that's how I feel about it. Uh, but yeah, Jesse, it, it's a shame to see Jesse selling this so hard after what he's been through. He's he's hungry. He's certainly got the itch to to get back into business, and he doesn't give a fuck. I mean, He's I guess the bad guy if you're the bad guy, then, you know, you might as well get the if you're going to accept all the pathos and the pain, you might as well get the, the guts and the glory. Sure. I'm with you. Uh, we go to Saul, who is fitting one of his clients for a neck brace that he clearly doesn't need. Uh, yeah. Mike walks into his office with this recording of Walt and Skyler arguing uh, over the Ted thing and over meth and. Um, that was a really nice comedic moment because you first are trying to you, you think that Saul's trying to compel testimony like. Okay, I get it, but it doesn't hurt. Like, uh, are you in pain? Can we get pain and suffering? And no, he's like, I don't care how it feels. Is, is it hurting? Yeah, is it hurting you? Because if not, then get on the goddamn stand. Uh-huh. It's great. And he's <laughs> trying to hawk a class action lawsuit yep. for the Wayfair cl- crash, because why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then there's this argument on the tape that they listen to, and Walt says, hey, I'm going to go see Ted face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, we definitely have a problem there. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't because uh, he didn't come back with the suit yourself. This, you know, uh-huh. is uh, I'm going to sure. suit myself to his face. Like, okay, <laughs> this come on a euphemism. And it's hilarious to see this big box of neck braces. This is not the first time oh, that Saul no. has done this. Oh no, he he pedals these neck braces around town. Uh, Walt then goes to Ted's office where he finds Ted hiding from him. He tries to smash in the window to his actual office with a flower pot, but it doesn't work. And he's forcibly removed from the building. And then Plan he, he kind of spots this side door and tries to go for it. But Mike swoops in, snatches him up, and takes him away. He just handles him. Like yeah. some kind of crazy cop judo hold. Uh, mm-hmm. Like wrist, elbow, back of the car. This, you this got is, no chance to resist. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got a lot. He's a lot more familiar with this than Walt is, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh this scene is really hilarious, just oh, yeah. top to bottom. It's Walt. He's so angry, and he goes in here, and he's like, oh, okay, he's in a meeting. Well, I can wait. 
And Ted's and he kind sits of down, he's, fuming. He's, he's also Ted's dumb, right? Ted's real dumb. Ted yeah. is just dumb as hell. He's looking out his window. He's... He, the, his secretary's saying, "There's a crazy guy wanting you to, uh, of of uh-huh. whose wife you whom's wife you are fucking." <laughs> Uh, and he's out here in the lobby, and his response is, you know, <laughs> the blinds, come yeah. on, man. No, it's that a bad idea. Work. And then, you know, when Walt goes over and picks, tries to pick up this vase or flower pot, whatever it is, and Skylar comes down, and she's like, Walt, what are you doing? And he's uh, like, oh, it's fine, honey. Don't I'm just worry. talking to Ted. <laughs> <laughs> and all, already you can tell, people are starting to give Skylar the stink eye. Oh, yeah. Just because the... You know, messing with the office chemistry because, you know, like with with the whole it's like okay with the Mister President thing and now and the way she got the job in the first and place, now you got, and that kind of rankles. And now we're like, mm-hmm. not only are you screwing her, but this is like screwing her, but this is coming in affecting our office. Yeah, like some dangerous, crazy person's coming in. Yeah, I can see why she's getting the. This isn't just prude. I don't think. I think this is no. like people like this is just unprofessional bullshit. Absolutely, I'm with him. Uh, so Mike takes Walt back to Saul's office, where Saul tells him he needs to get his shit together. And Walt figures out uh, through this course of this conversation that Saul has bugged his house. Um, Saul says the wrong set of words that set Walt off, and he mm. attacks him, and he fires him, and Mike has to shove him out the door. And a- after he watches it for a good 15, 20 <laughs> seconds, kind of rolling his eyes. like well, It's uh, these like two impotent, physically impotent people is. going at it, and it's really it hilarious. Is. It is. It's like watching the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man fight himself. <laughs> it's just nothing's happened. There's no blows uh-huh. landing. No. Nobody's really going to get hurt. No. Uh-uh. Uh, and Walt demands that the bugs be removed. And I, I love the line on his way out. You just bought a $300 suit, psycho. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> I mean, it's meant as like a, haha, I gotcha, but it's a $300 suit, There's man. a lot of really ineffectual insulting going on in this episode. Yeah. There's another classic line li- later, but yeah, okay. You, I, it, I don't buy that's a $300 suit. <laughs> a, yeah. That's, that's, that's a two-for-one S&K men's warehouse suit. And B, even if it is a $300 suit, big deal. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me when you get an $800 suit, when it's worth at least one microphone. Yeah, ask, ask the cousins. About yeah. their suits, they're mm-hmm. and they don't give a. They're spilling blood on it, rolling in mud. Yep, you had to be they're a little bit more blase the about the threads, man. For sure, uh, Mike removes the bugs as Walt kind of berates him the whole time, <laughs> and Mike takes it all in stride and tells him it doesn't. <laughs> it it doesn't have to. Uh, it doesn't hurt to have someone watching your back, which is interesting considering when Mike pulls away from the house here, we see on the, the street, the there's been a, a scythe, yeah, drawn on the road. And it was, it's interesting because obviously I think that's a Santa Muerte tie in there uh-huh. and, and, you know, the symbolism of death and all that stuff. Uh, it's very menacing, but at the same time, there were some people who were saying, Oh, cause the, the episode of hobo code from Mad Men had just happened not too long before this. Right. And, People were like, oh, this is a dishonest man, because that's what it means in Hobo Code. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, it's a threat. It's not the dishonest man thing. And and that's where I feel like sometimes on these podcasts and the internet in general, Uh speculation can kind of just run away with you. Sure. And and you can make connections with art, especially when it comes to like pop culture references, like, oh, this line was kind of the same in this movie. And one of the characters in that movie was a criminal. So this guy's dirty or something like that. Yeah. 
th- that shit's just over the top. Sure. It has a very obvious meaning here. I mean, I live in I live in a glass house, so I try not to throw stones. But yes, I am pretty sure the cousins are not followers of the hobo way. I don't think so. No. They do occasionally ride in the back of a truck. Sure. Yeah, if maybe they've stolen some hobo's clothes, the, the, you know, left him a suit. Indeed, indeed. But <laughs> I, I think that's that's where you draw the line. I didn't remember that side at all, though. I didn't either. Like, it was like a new piece of information to me. Like, not like, yeah. oh, I forgot that. I just, like, I don't think I noticed it the first time I watched it. I know. And I, I mean, it's kind of important. It tells you that the cousins are really itching to get Walt. If you miss it, like, my camera's at home later in the episode. He does, so yeah. uh I don't feel I don't feel too bad, but yeah, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. Also, I love how just long suffering Mike is. Like mm-hmm. Walt has no idea who he's fucking well, he should. The guy just handed his his ass without trying twice. Mm-hmm, twice. Mm-hmm. Like lift you know, gave him the full atomic wedgie treatment the second time, and Walt's just talking steady talking shit. And also you're a fucking drug dealer, man. Don't be talking about someone having a real upstanding field. It's like, you uh-huh. know, fine line of work you got. Like, gee. speaking of guys in glass houses, Walter White. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Walt's <laughs> just becoming more and more unhinged here. You know, he's he's kind of losing sight of everything in his life. Maybe he wants an ass beat. You're right. I mean, this next scene with, Walt at school with Carmen. Jesus. You want to talk about that? Sure. He's just sitting at school. He's completely zoned out in his classroom, and his students are just staring at him. And then the principal comes in. She's been called over because he's acting weird. Yeah. And she pulls him out of the class. They talk about his behavior. And during this conversation, he moves in for a kiss. He's trying to hit on her. The whole time he's being super inappropriate. And and at every stage of the sexual escalation, she is like shutting it down until Mm -hmm. she finally, and trying to ignore it because clearly she cares for him in the sense of this is a valued co-worker, an upstanding member of the community. She feels for him with the cancer. You know, this is weird, not like him, but, you know, finally enough is enough. And I... I got that he was fired. This is not a suspension. This is like, you get your shit out and go home. I thought so, too. Okay. He tries to play it as a sabbatical. but Sure. I I mean, we don't know for sure. When they hire a new chemistry it, teacher, but... Junior will know because he goes to this high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also interesting that this seems to me like... Uh, He's trying to pay back Skylar a little oh, bit. Oh, totally. Like, he's making a move on her purely because he wants to say, oh, well, let's see how she likes it. And I will say that I was one of the ones that kind of thought that there uh, was a little chemistry between Carmen and Walt in previous mm-hmm. seasons. Like, she was a little, not flirty, but, you know, one of the things where I don't think she would just be repulsed at the idea of, of Walt coming on to if her. If he weren't, like, a married man. He wasn't a married and, yeah. man and obviously acting strangely and all uh-huh. that stuff. Um <laughs> You know, she's not an idiot. She's not going to get involved in, in that kind of thing. But yeah, and and for him to just go in there and just be this oblivious and gross. I mean, uh-huh. is did he really want to get revenge on Skyler? Or I feel like that was part of it. It was part but of it. But it's also I'm it's he's like, just kind of out of it. It's one of the things where when you try something, your heart's not in it. You fail because your heart wasn't really into. It. I don't think yeah. he really wanted revenge with Skyler. It's you hmm. know. Because it was a poor, a poor attempt. It definitely was, but I feel like Walt's not a smooth guy around women, and I don't know why I get that impression. 
Do you think because he kind of is in the flashbacks I was we see say, with Ellie yeah. or with uh, he's Gretchen? Not totally inept, and like he was in season one, uh, you know, ter- had a little bit of magnetism going with his little, you know, the gangster vibe he was rocking. But here, it's just pathetic. Yeah, yeah, it's real pathetic here. Uh, anyway, we go over to Marie uh, dropping Hank off at the airport. He's trying to justify to her why he's not going back to El Paso. Um, and I feel like he's working against himself here, too, right? He's he's saying all these things, but I don't feel like he's telling her the real reason he's not going back to El Paso. No, 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 no. He's arguing to go to El Paso in this scene. Or, yeah, why he's going back to El Paso. He doesn't... He's not telling her the things that are going through his head. No, and He's fact, telling her what what he feels like she wants sure. to hear, even though she's saying the opposite of that. I, we, that's what we just it's, discussed this last episode. Like, yes, she was all about corporate climb or, you know, climbing in the agency and going to Washington and how much more cosmopolitan and that he would be. And he mentions that here, yeah. Uh, but she's, you can see it on look at her face like, no, no, the plan has changed. You, this yeah. is, this is, I don't want to see you go, you know, another turtle head explosion. Uh, and the weird thing is he agrees with her, but at the same time, he's too proud and he's too... I guess concerned with moving up for her sake that he's unwilling to to say yes I don't want to go I mean he's it's a very complex thing going on here and I feel like it's easy to understand but hard to articulate yeah I mean his his pride in his masculinity Mm -hmm. is compelling him to go forward when he knows that he is not prepared and not ready to do so yeah He's, but in over he's his not head. he's not going to back down and he's increasingly desperate like this conversation he has later with Merker uh I think is the the best example of that. Yeah, even though he's still self-deluded, he's yeah. He's at least starting to back off this this pretense a little but, bit. I mean the thing is is like it's hard to separate because this obsession he has with the blue. That's true. Is a real thing, but I'm starting to wonder if it's a chicken or egg thing. Like, did he become completely obsessed with the blue because he is clinging to that justification for why he didn't go to El Paso and why he missed this opportunity? And does that become the obsession then? Mm-hmm. Or, or was he always ready? obsessed with it and this was just a convenient excuse? I It's hard for me to say which of those sides I'm more on because there's there's plenty of evidence to suggest that you know, yeah, I think this becomes his white whale in this in, in, yeah. in this season. Yeah, I, I really think his reasons for not going back to El Paso are uh, many fold. You know, he it's not just one thing; it's several things. Plus, he just he, even aside from the turtle bomb, he wasn't having a good time in El Paso. No, he didn't speak the language. Literally, that he needed to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he wasn't liked. He was seen as the skills the, he have do not suit him well in El, El, El Paso for sure. Uh, so yeah, in this scene, he gets a call about some blue meth showing up, and he decides I'm going to skip my flight and I'm going to go investigate. Do you think that this is good for him? Because I think he's starting to develop the skills that would make him valuable to a place in El Paso. Like some of the actual police work he does, super mm-hmm. strong. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I, Hank I never struck me as the type of guy to do this kind of police work before. Yeah, I mean, we saw some stuff with the barrels. I mean, he has done. It's it's yeah, always good right. to see the affirmation that he's still a good detective, you're right? Right. You're right. It, we just don't see it very often. Yeah, yeah. He's got it, but it's so easy to just rip and roll, and more <laughs> yeah. fun too. Uh-huh. So you know, why don't you do that instead? Just leave your gun in the car. Who who has time to look through twenty nine different goddamn RVs when you can just go <laughs> bust some heads and and get a bus? I feel like he really got lucky with this phone call because 
it kept him off a Wayfarer flight. <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you you fly on the government's dime. It's uh some some cheap airfare. That's true. Wayfarer is an, an empty plane. He's the only one on it. <laughs> uh, Walt packs up his stuff and leaves the school for an indefinite sabbatical, as he calls it. Uh, Jesse's waiting in the parking lot, and he asks if Walt will introduce him to Gus. And he shows Walt this big bag of meth that he's cooked, which pisses Walt off. This is the pe- this is some petty shit. It, it totally is. He, he yells at Jesse for fucking up this cook, which it's debatable whether or not he did. And also Instead of being for impressed using his that he, formula. I mean, I think the valid re- and I think here's the thing. Walt is secretly impressed that he did this yes. with the equipment he had and the knowledge he had and just watching it and a on couple his times. Own. Yeah. But that impressment also turned immediately into a threat, which the only way he's – it seems like the pattern he deals with Jesse is to, you know, tear him down. And it's a double slap in the face because here he is saying, oh, you have you have plenty of skills, son, outside of cooking meth. That's not your only thing. Jesse asks him what they are, and he's like, uh, uh, I don't know, but you've got them. And then – a moment later, he's tearing down his skills at the one thing that Jesse says he's good at. Sure. So it's really just a slap in the face no, to it's, Jesse. It's a really terrible father-son relationship they got <laughs> yeah. going on here. But uh, Jesse won because he says, eat me. And then Walt goes, anytime, loser. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. And then also, this the context of this is Jesse has his shit. He's doing Walt a favor. Uh-huh. And Walt is acting this way, and then, of course, uh, as soon as he pulls away, you see the box of his shit I love it. come and just smash on the ground, because yeah. that's how stupid Walt is. Yeah. Yeah, Walt. He's the smartest dumb guy I've ever met. He is. He's... Or maybe the dumbest smart guy? I, th- I think it works both ways. Mm. Uh, so Skylar's zoned out. She's equally as zoned out as uh, Walt was earlier while she's making some copies here. And the receptionist comes into the room, and Skylar tries to make some small talk, and she is not having it yeah. at all. Uh, and then Skylar and Ted are boning at his house, and he offers to let Skylar move in at his place, but she's not interested in that. Can you imagine what the fuck Junior would do? I, yeah. Can you even imagine? I, what is Ted thinking? He's he, done. He, he had sex with this woman one time. She's married. She has children. She's just going to move into your house, man. Ted's a dumb, dumb guy. <laughs> he really is. He he really is. Uh, and he tries to talk about what went wrong with Walt, and Skylar doesn't want to talk about that, and they just kind of leave it at that, and she goes off home. Yeah, but I mean, she can't stay with it because, again, if she shacked up with Ted, she thinks she's on an island now. She'd be on the fucking International Space Station. Yeah. Uh, because Marie would be like, oh, it's not Walt at all. It's it's Skyler with this Ted, because I've always thought this. And Junior would be like, what the fuck? Even uh-huh. Holly, that's her first words would be, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yep. yeah. Good good, good play to keep this on the down low, Skyler. Yeah. Skyler seems, uh, I don't know, smarter than Walt in these practical matters in some ways. Although, I, again, I kind of feel like the day are building subtle parallels between her and Walt, because Walt's big sin is he can't read the temperature of the room. Like, sure. he's kind of delusional about where he stands with people, and here's Skylar at the copy machine just making small talk, uh, completely oblivious to how uncomfortable people are about this whole thing. I know that IFT stands in uh, opposition to the statement I'm about to make, but I think Skylar is less reactionary than Walt. On whole. Huh. 
What in what was it's okay? Defend that. What do you mean? I think, like you said about Mike earlier, she is longer suffering. She's willing to tolerate oh, more okay. bullshit until she lashes out. Whereas Walt is very impulsive, and and gets angry very quickly and gets uh, defensive and all this stuff. But Walt has been swallowing anger as food for like forty, yeah. however old he is. It's true. Forty eight years, right? Is, is where he's at now. Uh, fifty. Is it fifty? I want to say it was his fiftieth birthday when. when yeah, you're right, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because I was trying to think. I was, I was thinking the bacon configurations, and I was like forty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Bacon so he's been 50s. he's been doing this for for many many years, and yeah. uh, ever since the cancer, it's just it's like you know uh, word salad. If you're having a, a seizure, like that's what it's coming out on. It's a, it's this anger. It's just pouring yeah. out of him, and it's it's right there buried at the surface. Even <laughs> if you're dealing with a cop. Threatening a Macy, uh-huh. you can't keep it in. So I'm not saying there aren't reasons for it. I'm just no, saying I, that's their demeanor. Sure, sure, sure. Currently. Um, I, I really like the transition here from the copy scene into the bedroom. You got like pictures of Ted and his kids and stuff, and you can kind of see the reflection of them having sex over Ted's head with his two children beside Ted's him. And it's a big dumb head. Yeah. Ted it's nice transition. D- might, might be dumb, but he sounds like he's good in bed. Unless Skylar's just really putting him over. Yeah. Because she seems yeah. like she's having a really good time. <laughs> uh, Hank interrogates the guy with the blue, who is uh, a mega tweaker. He can't oh, my God, this guy. Anything. Uh, they don't get any info out of him other than the guy had tan pants, and he's 80% sure he had a mustache. Right. Like, his his brain is in the red line just trying to remember <laughs> this guy's name. It's, he's got to hold his skull together because this whole thing is about to fly apart. Yeah. <laughs> I get, these are the things you remember on meth. He's very sure about the tan pants. It's Ned Flanders. <laughs> Ted pants and mustache. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, the, what is he? Do you think that this is a sly villaganism that he's thinking it's so it's an M, it's an M, but it's actually a W? But when did Walt ever sell pizza shit to people? So it, I think it turns out that it is, in fact, an M sound. Because I think Hank tracks down all the people with the M names in whatever area. I, I, so I'm so this Matt the from line. the gas station also has tan pants and a mustache, just like Walter did? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm slightly unclear on the line that You're Hank right. takes it is, to get to this that This teenth is the one that Jesse gave the girl, Kara, uh-huh. who then gave it to Max... Which is uh-huh. an M sound. Who sold it to this, this guy? This guy, I guess, but this... So I guess Matt has tan pants and a mustache. He must, yeah. You're right. I thought... I just assumed this was a long-lost Heisenberg thing, but then I no, wasn't... I think he's consi- right. No, you're right. You're right. It so, took okay. all of his brain power, but he did pull out one letter. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Because so if Hank is compiling a notes for Heisenberg, he could write down tan pants and a mustache. And sure. I mean, that's a dead giveaway for it's Walt. A, it's a ringer, Yeah. Tan pants and a mustache. That's the man's season one mission statement. Forget the ATM camera. Just tan pants and a mustache. You should know, Hank. Yeah. You should know. Yeah. Anyway, we he goes out into the hall, and he's, he's starting to figure out how to track down Heisenberg, and Gomi is out there, too, and he's concerned about Hank acting strange and blowing off El Paso, and he tries to bring it up, but Hank's not interested in hearing it. Yeah, and this he, is he how gets very angry. This is how defensive he is about this these problems he's having and what a threat that his his uh, man very manhood it is. He just can't, can't yeah. handle it. I mean, it's, it always seemed like they had a 
you know, playfully antagonistic relationship. But here, yeah, it's, it's always weird when you have that kind of relationship with a guy that then turns touchy feely. Touchy like, feely, like Gomez is. Yeah, like so you got a guy who's you mostly just bust bust balls, and mm. you know, it's all shits and giggles. And then for whatever reasons, it's time to get heavy. Like maybe he blurts out his mom's dying of cancer sometime, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't even know how to interact with you in this level, you know. But Gomi was going there, and Hank's having none of it. He was a yeah. di- just a giant dick. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hank's not the kind of guy who wants to talk about any of this stuff, even with Marie. Um, I get it. So when Gomi brings it up, I think it's extra offensive. On top of, Hank doesn't want to bring it up because he knows that, you know, things will come out about his feelings I, about yeah, El Paso. He doesn't, he doesn't want, want to deal to with any of that. It. Yeah. But he could say, look, I don't want to, I, I get it, you're a partner, I don't want to talk about it. You don't have to be yeah. like, get your fucking hand off my shoulder. That mm-hmm. was a little strong. Or I'll break it off or something, whatever or, he says. Or Gomi. Yeah. Uh, Jesse shows up at Saul's office with the big bag of meth he's cooked, and he tells Saul, I want you to hook me up with the guy that your guy knows, which we know is Gus. Yep. Uh, and so Mike and Gus meet at this parking garage where Mike delivers a status report on Walt's mental health and his physical health. Uh, he tells Gus, Walt's not doing so well mentally and that Jesse has some meth to sell, and Gus doesn't care until he hears that Jesse and Walt have parted ways and kind of gets a look in his eye and goes, set up the deal. I think one of the, the better lines for Mike um, so far has been where he says uh, that where Gus is asking him like how long Walt's got. And he's like a couple of years, at least, you know, barring any acts of God or men with axes. <laughs> right. Right. Pretty good. Uh, and then, so we see that Gus is driving this, you know, nondescript Volvo. Uh, it's a very normal-looking car. I'm very inconspicuous, and I wonder, like, if you're a rich franchisee owning multiple locations and probably have a lot of money, is there anything as such as like too inconspicuous to where you start to become conspicuous by your inconspicuity? <laughs> I don't know. See, I always thought the Volvo as like Pokemon style. Like you take a, what is that fucking Firemander and you evolve it and it becomes a Charizard. Sure. If you, if you, right. if you evolve the Aztec, it becomes the Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's the exact kind of like hide in plain sight. It's like, uh, I, there's this one, you, you've, you, there's this one really funny Portlandia episode where, uh, the aggressive like punk rock biker is going to buy a car, yeah. And this guy's telling him about. And he he shows him a Volvo. He's like, "This is basically the default setting for an automobile." You know, <laughs> like, uh-huh. yeah. That's that's what a Volvo is. It's a car. All right, all right. So he's he likes to hide in plain sight. I think as, so. As is obvious by owning this chicken joint and driving this car. Uh, Hank pulls off the road, checks his messages on his phone. He has one from his boss telling him. You need to call me back about this El Paso thing. He gets out of his car. He walks into the gas station that Jesse was at earlier this episode. He asks where the meth came from, and the clerk tells him that the guy drove this RV, and that's all she really knows. And Hank sees the security camera, asks if it works. It doesn't. He's really menacing. I feel sorry for Kara. Yeah. He's had a rough week. Yeah. She's had the charming. He got bullied into charm slash bullied. Yeah. and honestly, I think the only reason she took the meth in the end is because the cop was there and yeah. 
Jesse was just going to let it sit on the counter. <laughs> and she felt like she would have been in trouble had he seen it. Yeah. No, she's like just so far out of I feel so sorry for her. She's never going to do a bad thing again in her life. No. No, she's not. Yeah. She's going to join a monastery <laughs> I think next so. week. I think so. She's going to the nunnery. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, then there's uh, Hank going outside, and as he's leaving, he spots an ATM. He investigates which way the camera's pointing, and he realizes, aha, Score. bingo, got it on camera, the RV. Um, so so here's where we kind of connect the dots with this list of M names, right? He whips out a, a notepad where we see he's got a whole bunch of M names marked off, and the bottom three are still left. Where did he get these M names? I have no idea. That's where I don't. Like, you can't go look for every M name in Albuquerque. Uh, but I wonder if he's, like, looking for everyone that had a rap sheet on meth in the last five years to begin with M. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's 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 probably where he'd start. And just starts interviewing him and, and, and crossing and, you know, rolling up Hank Tough on him and yeah. having to spill their guts. Yeah. However he got it, and he got it. Then we go to Breakfast at the White House. We got a breakfast count. We're back up. We're up to uh, 8 out of 12 or 8 out of 11. Again, the discrepancy on mm-hmm. the season one omelet, omelet gate, as we call it. <laughs> and this was apparently a particularly good breakfast. Junior uh, comments on yeah. it. He's like, good good work, Mom. I think he's trying. I mean, poor Junior. Mm. He's really trying to hold this family together, and which yeah. is a burden no young man should should have on their shoulders. Yeah, I mean, they're sitting across Especially the table here. Especially with crutches. That's way too much weight to put on his shoulders. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I, I can't help but notice, like, Skyler holding up this newspaper, not even wanting to look at Walt, right? And and also just, like, Junior... Oh, man, it's just... Uh, and they're just being terrible to each other, and, and mm-hmm. Walt, uh, Junior gets wrapped up because he's trying to, you know, it's like, hey, it's been days since the last donation. Well, people lose interest. And just his face <laughs> when this is going on is... It's it really made me really bummed me out because like I've seen like him be angry and saying his bullshit and I've, it's almost like I thought of him as a prop like oh this is to illustrate the fact that you know uh, he's really being shitty to Skyler but I'm really yeah. starting to see as a person this is really affecting him. Yes, you're right. You got to feel bad for Junior. Uh, also, I noticed in this scene it is super dark in the dining room now, and I think it's because they have the window the blinds closed, but that wasn't the case. Earlier, they're they're using the lighting to great effect here. I liked it. Yeah, it's like Vito Corleone's office, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's getting dark, getting dark in here. Yeah. Uh, Jesse goes to meet Victor under a bridge, and he trades the meth for a big bag of cash. But he realizes it's only half of it. And when he he says, "Hey, where's my where's my money?" Victor's like, "That's right, it's your half," implying that someone else is going to get the other half. Anything you want to say about that, or keep going? I'm in the spoiler section, sure. Okay. Hank goes into Merkert's office where he asks if uh, Hank's going to El Paso. He says, sure, sure, I'm going to El Paso after I catch this Heisenberg guy. Um, he shows the pictures he got from the ATM. He says he's going to hunt down these 29 bounders that are registered in New Mexico. Merkert's eyebrows go up like, oh, only 29, huh? You know what, though? I actually thought that seemed like a very workable number. Kind of, yeah. No, I mean, the, the thing is, is, like, he's realizing that Hank's not going down to El Paso. Like, El Paso's not going to hold this open for him, and he's not going. And, and yeah. like, you can hear, like, Hank's voice continuing to go up the, the octave scale mm-hmm. as, like, you know, he's clearly dodging this El Paso gig, but he's also obsessed with this Heisenberg thing. Yeah. But he's scared shitless to go down to uh, El Paso. Yeah. 
And he gets asked in this scene point blank, are you going to El Paso tonight, right now? He says no. But then he plays it off. He's like, because I got to catch this guy. Yeah. I got a big thing going here, and I'm about sure. to blow it wide open. Sure. Uh, I got some stuff that about this scene that I want to talk about in the spoiler section. But All right. Um, first, we have one more scene. Walt's driving down the road. He's listening to the radio, and on comes this report about Donald Margolis being admitted to a hospital for self-inflicted gunshot wounds to try to kill himself. We know that that's Jane's dad, for people who aren't uh, up on that. Mm-hmm. He stops a light. And Victor pulls up beside him, throws his half of the cash into the window, and then the light turns green. Hence the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of symbolism with the green light. Sure. Um, you know, everybody's trying to get Walt to to have the green light to get back in the meth game. He's got a literal green light here. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious what I, what I think Walt wants to do at this point. You know where there wasn't a green light? Hmm. Carmen's office. That was flashing no. red, uh-huh. railroad crossing, don't go over, and he still drove through the barricade. <laughs> yep. Flipped his wag- his emotional sexual wagon over and got hit by a freight train. I do love the look on Walt's face when this bag of money just comes flying into well, the he's, window. Well, he's like already kind of mouth agape f- at this whole, Daniel, uh, this whole uh, uh, Jane's dad situation. Yeah. Because like this is even like, he talks a good game, but he's got to be like, feel the weight he's got to be feeling all this yeah, i mean the way he reaches for that knob so fast after yeah, hearing he just this. can't fucking take it yeah and then this 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 cash comes bouncing in it's your half wow <laughs> wow if you didn't wrong time to give him a reminder right of the carnage that he's caused yeah uh anything else to say about that no, I feel like we are flirting with the shortest break, Breaking Bad recap of all time. How are we doing on feedback? Uh, we've got a, a, a couple, one in the uh, one in the main and then a couple in the, the spoiler. Uh, our buddy, old buddy Tom G. from West Virginia, uh, he has a comment for episode two, which I can't remember the name. That's not the horse with no name, is it? Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. Anyway, he said, I should have noticed this before, but in season three, episode two... Walt returns home to find that the locks have been changed, so he enters through the crawl space. The crawl space has an uncovered dirt floor without a plastic radon barrier. That's how Walt got cancer. Radon is the number two cause of lung cancer. People, learn what you can do to prevent it at epa.gov slash radon. He says, I'll take my MD degree now. Thank you. So Thanks for the public service announcement. So Skyler's got lung cancer. Junior's got lung cancer. Well, it's not a guarantee. Holly's it's not like gonna radon's get a guarantee. It just significantly mm-hmm. increases your your mm-hmm. risk. So get to get you at least have a radar radon detector. Yeah, uh, that makes me think because like the house I was living in back in Greenfield did mm-hmm. not have. It was just uh, peat gravel, peat mm-hmm. gravel rather. No, no barrier underneath that. No, bar- I didn't have a radon detector either. I you know. That was built in the 70s. So Living dangerously. Before they discovered ra- radon. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's it? If I pass out moving all these chemical barrels in the studio, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make sure I get some medical attention. We, we should really get lids for those. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all the feedback. If you'd like to give us more, uh, please send it into breakinggood at baldmove.com. Please put in the episode title or number. And if you're ahead of us uh, or behind us, whatever, that will uh, help me pull it out of the feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mailbag. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this feedback Just shit. go with it, man. Just strap it on the feedback all week long. Yeah. Uh, 
and also you can go to our forums, the forums.baldmove.com. Uh, we've got all the episodes sub subdivided into their own little categories in the Breaking Good subforum. You mm-hmm. can also leave the feedback. But that's it until we get to the spoilers. Okay, well, let's do that. If you want to hear spoilers, stick around after the music because that's where they are. And if not, we'll see you uh, next week with 305. I think it's called Moss. Mm. So draw, draw your own conclusions there. Time for some Moss. Yep. Uh, and until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have? Are you ready to board the Gus bus? Yeah, let's all, do it. All, all every the, day. The Gus bus to Honduras. Uh, every all day, every day. <laughs> uh, what is Gus trying to do here? He's trying to get Walt back in the game, but how? Appealing to his pride. Hmm. I yeah. I just, I'm not actually certain. It, it's kind of complicated. Okay. Um. Gus clearly has this this notion that if he can give, if he can show Walt that Jesse is in fact selling his stuff to Gus and that Gus is willing to work with Jesse, Walt might be so indignant at the idea that that Gus is willing to work with Jesse that he'll come at least talk to him, mm. at least entertain the idea, and maybe be insulted and angry and have something to prove. Yeah, that, I like, think that's Jesse's a pretty good analysis. Bullshit. Here I come. Watch that's a pretty this. good analysis. I just wonder where he's getting this psychology from because, like, I don't feel like he knows Walt that well. And like mm-hmm. what Walt said, there was, I mean, about him being out. Uh, I mean, I, f- I felt like this would be a better tactic to split them up, but they're already split up. So maybe it's just a Hail Mary. And I don't know what Gus's in game yeah. in. You know, we we discussed a, this quite a bit in the first episode. I'd love to hear people's opinions on it, um, but I I don't have a clear cut idea of exactly what he's trying to do here and what his end game was. Like, you gonna give him a week to try to come to his senses, and then is it going to be like snatch you up off the sidewalk walk with a black hood, and mm-hmm. then you got the chain, you got the the, the neo Nazi chain around your waist, and yeah. there you go because. I don't know. I mean, this is the episode where he says fear. He doesn't view fear as an effective motivator. Or that, yeah, which is why we talked about it so much in, in episode one. Yeah. And obviously, at some point, that changes. Yeah. Is that something he was just saying? Because Gus might be one of those chameleon guys where he knows that Mike will tolerate a certain type of criminal. But if he goes around just like torturing and killing fools all the time, that that would probably turn Mike off. Hmm. You know, knowing what we know about Mike, I could see that. Yeah. So it could be like if I'm trying to take everything I know about Mike and everything I know about Gus that, you know, again, our theory that Gus is just kind of biding his time. And then as he gets closer to his revenge, his true colors start to 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 come out. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he's also needs Mike and needs Mike to to be his soldier. And if he disillusions Mike, man, that might be all part of it. And also. Hmm. You know, he's he's got to be playing meek for the cartel, too. Like, if he's this he fire-breathing, you know, ruthless bo- boss of Albuquerque, the uh, the cartel might be a little suspicious. Yeah. And might keep a closer eye on him. So I guess there's a lot of good reasons. It just seems like 
you got to think about it a bit. And I still don't know exactly why or how that that he expected this to work and how he knew that that would be so effective. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what happens after this in the, in season three and how exactly he gets back into the game. I remember this this money gambit, but I don't remember many scenes after it. Well, there's the Gale. I mean, Gale is is, is going to be coming in in a big way in the second half of the season. And yeah, so. I mean, Jesse and Walt are still kind of split up for a while, right? Sure. Because Walt's cooking with Gale before Jesse gets involved. I know what brings... I I know what brings Walt and Jesse back together is the savage ass beating that Hank gives him. And then Walt having to tell him, probably because it's honest and also because he's trying to manipulate Jesse not to... To, to burn Hank to the ground as he tells him your cook is as good as mine. But then he's in a touchy situation because now he's got to fire Gale. And it's just like, it, it gets complicated. You know, the firing of Gale is interesting. We talked last episode about whether or not Gus was going to let Walt get out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's clear that he has, you know, these machinations to get him back cooking again. Oh, you're right. But he does let Gale go without killing him. Yeah. Because Gale comes back later on, and then, you know, we, we all know who kills him. But th- there does seem to be a way out with Gus. Well, but do you think that... Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know because... what Gale's doing at, like, yeah, when yeah, he's yeah, on yeah. sabbatical. That's the thing. Like, I wonder if he's, like, it's understood that he'll take it back over. And also, like, yeah. there's cameras recording everything that Walt does. And Gale had already gotten a couple cooks under his belt. they kind of gotten all the secrets and stuff. So it, It's tough when you start saying, like, these characters are long con geniuses like Gus and Walt and you got to wonder what their motivations are even when they allow you to do something that seems good on the surface and also the other thing is like I think that the Vince Gilligan is a genius but we also know he was making this shit up as he went along like he had a general idea yeah so it would not surprise me and not really hurt my overall enjoyment if there were a few things that are kind of head scratching with what you know that there is to come like, mm-hmm. if you have fuzzy memories of how it all went down, it's like, oh, yeah, it's all tracks. But, like, uh-huh. this, the, the the really fine details might not add up with these motivations. And Because Gus fundamentally is a different person in season four than he is in season three. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not – I think it's an awesome direction to take him. But uh-huh. I think that that came out of the writing room. And, yeah, some of his behavior has to kind of be retconned. I, it's kind of amazing it works as well as it does. But, yeah, it's not going to surprise me. Mm-hmm. And also, it's, it's also not going to shock me if – by the end of the season, we're like, oh, yeah, this totally makes sense. Yeah. We've forgotten a we couple details. I didn't remember the side that there was drawn on. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we'll have a sidewalk chalk side mo- side mo- side moment. And yeah, that's why I don't want to just say, yeah, this none of this makes sense. It's bullshit, Billigan. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, it's, what are you, a Scott Gimple here? Uh, so I was reading Seppenwall's uh, review of this, this episode, and he really kind of blows open the tragedy that is Hank's future here, right? Like... We see in this episode Hank turning down El Paso, which basically means saying no to his future career opportunities uh, and upward mobility in in the DEA, I think. I mean, to, you know, it'll take a while at least for him to earn that credit back. Um, and on the other hand, if he goes and he does this big thing and he catches Heisenberg, he's kind of he's kind of double fucked here because this is his brother-in-law. Shouldn't he have seen this? Shouldn't he have been able to spot a Heisenberg from an inch away, you know? 
Yeah, but they... I'm, I, it's something we argue a lot more as the seasons sure. go on. For Seven Wall to say this in episode four is perceptive. and But yeah, I mean, after I've seen everything play out, then I, I think it was perfect. Like, yeah. they did such a great job of making Walt completely beyond suspicion. Uh-huh. And, and it almost seems inevitable for Hank to die by the end of it. Honestly. Well, sure. Right, because he is in a rock and hard spot there. What's what's he gonna do? I don't. If I mean, he catches Heisenberg, he also kind of shames himself. You know. Yeah, but I mean, it's him, bittersweet at best. Him, I don't know. There could have been a, a a an alternate ending where him and and Marie and Skyler and the kids go off to some other place in the country and they live a happier, quieter, you know, less stress free life with. Ten million dollars with barrels of money. Well, I wasn't thinking of that, but like oh. you know, with his DEA pension or I mean, whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that he had to die, but uh, I think Walt is like, and I always, I never thought that Walt was not going to die. Hmm. Like okay. I, that's the one thing I was always sure. As soon as I started thinking about the question, <laughs> that yes, Walt is not making out of this series alive. I was concerned with Jesse. Yeah. I was concerned with Hank. I was concerned with Sky. Everyone else, but Walt, I was convinced was going to die. Hmm. Okay. Anything else? Uh, uh, I actually have a bit of a feedback. Um, uh, Barry C wants to know when Jesse gives the gas station girl the meth. I kind of think that was perhaps the only "quote unquote" evil thing he did. Obviously, he's killed people, most notably Gail, but that can be quite easily justified as a him or me situation. Most of the bad things Jesse does are a result of him being misguided or when he is backed into a corner. When he gave the girl the meth, it just seemed wrong. To kind of seduce an impressionable girl into taking one of the most addictive and damaging substances known to man almost seems like a character betrayal. The only reason why I didn't call complete bullshit on it was the fact that during this was during his I'm the bad guy arc where he was having a moral crisis. So one of the few things that Jesse mm-hmm. about the Jesse story that never quite sit well with me. What do you think? Well, I think he is it the worst thing he's done because is this worse than going to support meetings for people that are trying to free themselves of addiction of meth and meth. selling them meth? <laughs> is it worse than that? I, I'm going to say those are equivalent. Are equally evil. And also, it's like, I don't think you can just slough off the Gale thing as a him versus me. This wasn't Gale. This was the ne- this was the consequences of Jesse's own actions biting him in the ass, and the only way to escape them was to kill this man. It wasn't Gale. Like, you know, Crazy 8, Walt, him or me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gale, Jesse, maybe the noble thing to do would just be to take the bullet, because Gale... Hmm. I mean, you Gales Gales manufacture meth too. I get it. But I mean, yeah, that's they're not morally equivalent things. No, I mean certainly, Gale was not trying to kill Jesse. It was a him or me in that the only move he had to keep Gus from killing him was to kill Gale. But if the only move he I had mean, would be to murder Holly. Like, you know, it's like, that's a clear, like, you know, making Dick Gale a manufacturer of drugs kind of blurs the line there, too. But I... Yeah, I, no, it, I mean, Holly, you know, you you want to frame it with an innocent baby. I don't think it changes the argument. It's still a her or me. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, that's not and that's not a ethical get out of, um you know... uh No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I so. agree. Um, But it is a little more understandable than sure. just trying to hook this girl on meth or trying to hook... 
recovering meth addicts. Well, yeah, okay, meth. so he had a better reason. Yeah, yeah. But I, to me, it's like that's it's you, still morally reprehensible. Yeah, your justifications do not really absolve you morally or ethically from from a dilemma. Would you apply the same to Walt? Across across well, the board, Walt is a clear cut. I mean, by the especially by the end of the season, I know there well, are. I'm people... talking like specifically about cooking meth to provide for his family. Kind of the way it started out. I because <laughs> I mean that's he's essentially doing the same thing that Jesse does in this episode, right? So Giving Walt, if he meth. just made meth and mm-hmm. sold it to people. Uh, and there was no bloodshed, then I don't really have a huge mor- moral problem with that. So the people who were already doing meth I mean, and we've wanted got f- the meth? F- and- if, 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 if Walt deserves death, then so does every fucking executive of, of, at Philip Morris. All right? Okay. So does everybody yeah. working at, at, at uh, Budweiser. I mean, if you want to make that argument, it's, it's, a de- it's an argument to your degree. Sure. So it's like, hmm. but once people started dying... And innocence got, and these were for these were I, at, when Waltz first started. It well, I don't think there were foreseeable occurrences because he just didn't r- understand, you know, how kind of ruthless yeah. this. Like what the like, you can't just go in into a street corner and start selling meth because someone owns that street corner and they're going to be looking for your ass. No, he looked at this as a high margin product. As That's a high margin all project, he That's looked that, at it that as. is, it's it's like this is going to be safer than what people are already going to do uh-huh. a better product and again they're already doing it anyway and yes it's a stain on my character but i'm dying so what yeah that's a fairly morally defensible stance to take I, i'm mostly asking these i don't have any good answers to these yeah. very muddy questions either uh-huh. um if this girl comes to jesse and says hey i'm looking for meth and he sells her meth entirely different right sure sure okay but I mean, there's even degrees of that. Like a, a an adult woman coming and said, "I want to try meth. I'm ready to ready to roll the dice with my life." Sixteen uh-huh. year old, fourteen year old. Yeah, I like, don't know how old this girl is. No, I mean, I, I'm I saying think she's old. No, I think she's legal age. at least college age, if yeah. not older. But I'm saying, like, where do you draw the line? Like a sixteen year old, a fourteen year old, a twelve year old. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I like, almost said I think she's old enough for meth, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody's old enough for. Surgeon's General says you know you got to be at least twenty one or over. All right, well, I think that's it. Yeah? Yeah, I'm done. Okay.